Now, when I was looking for a, a scripture verse for Hebrews 11, because in, in the English service what we do is uh, we play the main verse on the screen for you, and then we go into the sermon. So you can go on YouTube, and, and I wanted to make one because there weren't any silent with epic music verse that you could read on your own. But then as I was scrolling, I saw Johnny Cash reading Hebrews 11. Now, you can say what you want, but Ring of Fire... Most of you have heard it or stuck in your head. That dun 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 dun. Even if you haven't heard the whole song before. And it's interesting, Johnny Cash reading Hebrews 11 because his life was an interesting one. It was a hard one. You'll, if you want to go watch, um, there's a, the, a movie about that uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays Johnny Cash. It's intense. It's hard. It's rough. He was one of the ultimate, if you can call it, rock stars. Now here, Johnny Cash is reading Hebrews 11. What is faith? And then go, he goes into the heroes of faith. Now, I want to encourage you at the evening service, please, please, please bring a Bible with. I know we've got our apps with a Bible app on it, and you can go to the Bible app, and you can get that reading plan that we're doing this week. Every week, we'll have a reading plan. So you can go, and you'll go read the verses like Hebrews 11, but then also, there's a bunch of other verses that's about faith. That's what we're speaking about today, is faith about God giving us faith, and especially if you speak about faith, Hebrews 11. So you can go on the reading plan, and you'll see by faith. Now, tonight we're starting off with Hebrews 11, and you've heard from Johnny Cash, who read it. And that whole beginning part is something that sometimes helps us, but sometimes confuse us, because yes, faith is that which you cannot see, that you hope for, that whole, but Lord... It's difficult. Lord, I'm not sure always how this faith thing works. Now, if you've, if you've been here, if you were here last week, you know we are busy with the theme of provision. And now this is the main focus that we're speaking about tonight, is that God provides faith. Remember this. This is important. Because there's a time in your life where you will ask the question or you will say the words, Lord, I'm struggling to believe. Or I'm struggling to hope. I'm struggling, struggling to continue. So this is then not something that you find in yourself. It's something that God gives you. He gives you faith. So in Hebrews 11, when we read is something you cannot see, but you hope for it, this is what God gives you. God gives you the ability to believe, each and every one of you. Remember this because there will be times where you're standing in front of giants, you're standing in front of oceans, the Red Sea, you're standing in front of kingdoms that want to make you fall as hard as you can. And then you will say, I have to dig deep. But then you also say, I have to change my mindset because digging deep won't help me because I can only go this deep. And if you're like me, you know your limitations. And if you're like me, you really limit yourself. And that's not what faith is. Faith is that's something that enables you to believe in something bigger than yourself, stronger than yourself, to stand up, rise up, and say, this that I'm feeling is not coming from me, but from somewhere, something else, something that loves me. So Hebrews 11 is then this verse, and you can go read the heroes of faith. Because of their faith, this person was able to stand up. Now, when you read it, especially from a, the Hebrew language text, because of this that God has given them, because of the faith that God has entrusted unto them, these heroes of faith were able to stand and rise up. 
Because nothing, no part of the human part of myself is able to do those type of things. Like Samson. Like Abram. And we can go through the list. So tonight, God provides faith. You have to start off with this. You have to focus on it. Because there will be a time where you ask yourself, Lord, I need to believe now in what's ahead. I need to believe in your provision. Because provision and believing in something is something that you cannot see, something that lies ahead. So when we say that tomorrow morning we believe that the sun will come up, it's all about faith. Yes, the scientists have got their formulas and their ideas and the concept, but I believe that the sun will rise tomorrow. When I open my eyes, I will see the rays of sunlight. It's faith. This all comes from God. So if we know where the source is, if we know where the power comes from, why don't we go tap into it? Why don't we go to God and say, Lord, I have this faith, and I know it's not as big as a mustard seed yet, but I believe that you will every day entrust me with more and more and more. And then to that point where I will have faith to move the mountains. Now this is where we are to say that my faith, if it was a human attribute of myself, would never be able to move a mountain. But the faith that God gives me is abundantly more, as Ephesians 3.20 says. So we need to start believing that God entrusts us, gives us, inspires us with faith. Sounds easy, sometimes difficult. So you'll see in Romans 12, verse 3 to 8, um, and those who brought Bibles, please, you can turn to them. There's a few scriptures, but we'll first start off with that. You're more than welcome to go on your apps. Now I won't uh, receive offense. We can't receive offense. Oh, this English. Did you know that in English, somebody can't give you offense? So you can only be offended. You can only take offense. But in Afrikaans, you can't answer here. That is why it makes sense. It's Afrikaners, as I get here, hear me on to it all, bro. And English, it doesn't exist. Just think about it. It's, it's just an a observation. But yes, so Romans 12, maybe you've, you've read Romans 12, the first two verses, because it's very well known. But we will not conform to this world, but be transformed by the constant renewal of your mind. So now Romans 12, verse 3 to 8. Gifts of grace. What is a gift? Something given. For by grace, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Just off the bat there. Don't think too big of yourself. You can think that David, after slaying Goliath, would stand and say, Guys, I just killed the giant. What? Next level. And then when he walked in, the, the, his, so the soldiers came, people would go like, ha! And then the soldiers would be like, ha ha, yes, I'm David. I have this faith. No. Don't think more of yourself or highly of yourself. So become humble in God. And then, especially of the faith that God has assigned for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So, 
we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us see, use them, if prophecy, in portion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now we see this gift of grace, this faith that has been given you accordingly. Now we, have, we've, we see a lot of examples of this in the, the New Testament, one of them being the gifts, the talents. You have received one, you have received two, three, four, five. And it's the same with faith. Now, remember, when we're saying God gifts you faith in accordance, it doesn't mean that my ability to believe is more. Because it's not about my ability. It's about my obedience. We have to remember that. So I am only able to do mighty deeds because of him who lives inside of me. 1 John. For greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Because it's all about the God inside of me and not the rias at the outside. So when we're reading about receiving faith in accordance is that you have a job to do and God will provide not just the physical stuff you need, but we will provide you with the power, the knowledge, the grace, and the faith to do it. Because he will never put you in a situation where you will not be able to do it or you will not be able to handle it. He will sort you out in the fullest. He won't be one of those friends that invite you to a party or something, and then you see everybody brought their own things. I went to one of those. The f- first week I worked in Midrand, the guys said, and the South Africans, Now you know, bring and braai. In Namibia, it's, if somebody invites you for a bring and braai, it's like, did I do something wrong? Especially if you're from the South, it's usually we provide. And they just said, like, and I brought my own cool drink because that's what it means for us in the South. It's, and so everybody had the little pick and pay pocky with their little steak and little sausage and little susatiki. And there I was. And then they, Christians as they are, divided nicely. And I was thankful. Those friends, loving and, and I love them, we're still in contact. <laughs> but the moment. I invited them to a bring and braai. I provided. I spreaded it out. I made them feel guilty because I had sideflies. That fat. And, the, and when we look at God's provision, you see, He doesn't just give you power. He doesn't just give you, you patience. He gives you the ability to believe in that what lies ahead and that His will be done. His kingdom will come. He will claim that. So now... Practically what I want you to remember, what I want you to hold on to, and you'll see the scriptures are there, is that when God says He gives us faith, practically the best thing for you to do, or how you can acclimate yourself, how you can grow in this knowing that God has given you faith, is the following beliefs. And remember, God gives this. So, firstly, to believe you are saved by grace. Secondly, to believe you are forgiven and rescued. Thirdly, to believe in healing. Fourth, to believe you are chosen. And fifth, to believe you are loved. So these are things that are given to you. This is the 
formula of faith. If you put these together, you'll see and you'll realize how much God has given you. You'll realize that it is so abundantly more. This, the first one, Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 10, speaks about the grace. To believe you are saved by grace is like the first A plus B plus C plus E equals squared. I wasn't even good in math. I just winged it. So equals five. Equals faith. Equals that which God has given you. He has given you grace. He has given you forgiveness. He has given you healing. He has chosen you and he has given you love. So if we go to Ephesians 2 verse 4. Once again, you can turn to your Bibles. It's always wonderful to hear the Bibles turning, so please, next time. It's good to hear a, yes, wonderful. A corporate Bible paging is wonderful. It's, I think it's very, it's a challenge. That one day, I think at the end of the year, everybody at the evening service will have a Bible with them. And then we'll hear that pages turning. And at night, at your house, you'll hear the pages turning. So Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 10. But God, being rich in mercy, because of great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, so that the coming ages he might show the immeasurably riches of his grace in kindness in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Again, that being humble. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you understand that faith is all to do about God and simply us believing that He has given us the ability to believe. And He has given us the amount of belief or faith we need to do the certain thing. And this happens a lot when you see, you hear a story about someone. So I tell my life story about being raised in a house of good parents, wonderful, but just because you're raised in a garage, it doesn't mean you're a car. So then I had a little bit of university time that I enjoyed myself in, but not too bad. And then I gave my life to the Lord, received the calling. So that's my life story. Now then you have my friend Ivor. When he was 16, he killed his brother. And I'm like, guy, come on, you can't do this. It's like now all of a sudden I'm like, I need to kill somebody in my life story now to sound cool. And then how he went to Polsmoor. And when I... In the moment where I gave my life to the Lord, I was very sad. But he went to jail. And then the last month of his time in jail, he gave his life to the Lord. Now, if I judge my faith and and my story according to his, it doesn't work. Because all of a sudden, you'll feel that I'm a little bit less. That's not how faith works. It's all about God saying, Rias, there where you found yourself, you were just as lost as Ivor. Maybe you didn't need to start, you were involved in a gang or something, and I also gave you faith to stand up and rise up and realize that you have been saved by this grace, the same grace that saved Ivor. 
It comes from me. It is not about how cool and how awesome and how strong he is, even though he is very cool and awesome and strong. But it's all about what I have given you. And because it's a gift, you can do more. Because I've provided you with enough. I've provided you with more than your limitations have put before you. You, you yourself have put before you. So God has given us the grace. He has saved us. It's a gift. And that's why we can go to Ephesians 1. Well, you go back to Ephesians 1. And read 3 and 6. And I'll read it quickly for you. Blessed be the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption to Himself, as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So you have to start believing that not only has he given you the grace and faith, but he has forgiven you with this grace. Because there's a lot of the times where our forgiveness or our lack of forgiveness in our lives is holding back our faith. We were unable to and we feel we are unable to forgive ourselves, to forgive our brothers or sisters, to forgive. Sometimes it feels like God, which just sounds weird. There's a lot of times where people come in front of a place where just said, God, but why did this happen? Why did you let this happen? Why is there these bad things? And I'll get to that at the last story. Where, where you say, God, I want to believe in you, but at the moment it's difficult to see you. Now, what God gives us then is this grace and this forgiveness and the ability to do it outside of ourselves. Because a lot of stories that you hear, it's like, shoot, if I was in this person's shoes, I don't know if I was, would be able to forgive this person. I wouldn't be able to believe that I can get over this. You hear about a lot of murders and rough stuff happening where people stand up and say, listen, I forgive you. Where maybe families have been torn apart, they come together Forgetting about the history, focusing on God, and say, I forgive you. This is faith. This is believing that God is restoring things. That's 1 Peter 2 verse 24. To believe in the healing of God. Because as He forgives, He starts healing. This is what He provides in faith. So I'm, I'm listing these things because in this faith He gives us, He's busy with the process in your life. It's not just a download or immediate zip, my phone is charged and I can believe again. He's busy mending things. Firstly, that we are full of sin and that we have sinned against God and that He has sent His Son. So now we have everlasting life. So because of this, we can start working in this and walking in this faith. So then He says, but listen, there's this, this thing called grace, this thing called blessing, this thing called forgiveness, this thing called healing that's constantly busy in your life that enables you to stand firm. And having done it all, to stand firm then, putting on the full armor of Christ. To believe in what He is doing. And then one of the biggest things, and one of the things I struggle with most, is in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2 to 5. And that's being chosen. And when we speak about being chosen, it's not just how oh, you are the chosen one. It's about God calling you. 
God screaming out to you. God saying, listen, you are able to do this. I've called you for a time as this. And we can page to it. Henry, I'm trusting you for sound effects. Thank you. So 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 verse 2 to 5. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in his Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. This is a, what an introduction when you send someone a letter. The first letter to the Thessalonians. The power of the Holy Spirit comes and calls to these people. And not a normal type of power, because they know the type of men Paul and Barnabas and all the apostles were. So the same power that is in them is sent to them and says, listen, because you have received the gospel, you have received this blessing from God, this faith, this grace, this forgiveness. Now you have received the calling on your life. Calling being continuous tense. Not just called now. Continuously being called. Continuously being chosen. And God giving you the power and enabling you, giving you the faith to do that. He has provided you with everything to do what you need to do. And then he has called you to do it. What you need to do is start trusting in the faith he has given you. Stop doubting yourself. Because what we do is, yes, Lord, I believe. But as soon as we start doing it, we stop trusting in that, our own faith. Yeah, but this is a difficult thing. Huh? It's not as easy to do it, Lord. I believe in you, but I don't trust in myself to do it. Immediately you start doubting the faith that God has given you. Now what we do is, as soon as we start doubting in ourselves, we start questioning our identity. Which is dangerous. Because identity is the first place the devil will attack. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not clever enough. You don't have the wisdom, the power. You're ugly. You're struggling. Are you sure that even that grace has been given to you? Are you sure that your faith is enough to do this? Immediately we stop trusting in this faith that God has given us. Because sometimes you're in a situation that you say, Lord, I'm not believing this, but I'm trusting in you. Because I know this will come from you. And if you give the first step, you step out on the water. And you start believing that Jesus is in front of you, showing you the way. And then the storm is getting interesting. Say, Lord, am I truly believing this? And then you sink. This is what happened to Peter. But then also the same Peter, when he was called by God, did immeasurably more than any of us who read the story about Peter, Peter did. This was this guy who doubted in Jesus. The guy who got angry. Now someone who doubts is someone who questions their faith. Someone who denies is someone who questions their faith. But the someone we read of in the in the Acts of the Apostles, that someone understood what it means when God gives you the faith to go on. So in 1 John 4, verse 9, is probably the most said thing 
But one of the things we, we don't take seriously, we don't hold on to it, we don't believe it, we, we struggle with it, and that's God's love, God's love. To believe you are loved. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not just we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the appropriation. My goodness, that's a big word. Thank you very much. We're learning every day, people. To be the appropriation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You have to believe in this love to be able to spread this love. You can try and fake it, but there will be a point where everything falls apart. And there's nothing worse to find yourself in a situation where you were fake. Rather stop it, don't do it, than be lukewarm. So what we're saying is that God is giving us the faith to believe that we are loved. Because a lot of the times we don't believe that we are loved. We know, yes, for God so loved the world, He sent His one and only Son so that everyone may believe in Him, may have everlasting life. One of the best, of the most well-known verses in the Bible. Next to Inner Beninging. We need to start understanding that we need to start believing in this love. It doesn't help us just to say, yes, I, under, I, I know, I, I see, and I read that, that God loves me. God sent His Son. What we have to do is start believing in this love. Because a person who is loved walks different, talks different, lives different. Now, some of the, the youth here tonight, they'll understand it because they're a little bit closer to the, the, the years, but... It's like on for to us, huh? Oh, I see that hand. <laughs> for the, when, you, when you love for the first time, there's this, this step. I remember looking out the window and when I was my second year in university, busy with a, a very big assignment about Romans, the book of Romans, that had to be in the next day. Now, I was one of those guys, we procrastinate until... 10 hours before, and then we do the 10,000-word assignment. And as I was sitting there typing about Romans and, and everything interesting about it, I saw this little lady walking there. And my heart went like, dip. And immediately, I was moving differently. I had to like sort my stuff out, like, as vraag, and run down to, to the, the hall and just, okay, <sighs> Went outside and sat at the, the, uh, at the greeting place as you come in, and, and like she ignored me. But I remember that moment and how differently I walked, how differently I talked. And, and a while later, when I was in the gym pumping iron, feeling good about myself, clank buffle, and feeling good, and it's the best years of my life, again, there she comes. This is like busy working out in the circuit, and like, yeah, oh, do a few. Bicep curls, push-ups, looks good, triceps, biceps, we didn't, the legs weren't important. And walking there, getting a medicine ball, and walking different, chest out, because 
it's now the time to greet her. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> and she's busy there, and she's like, hello. And she goes on. And I'm standing there. Oh, okay. And then she realizes, oh, he wants to talk. My whole demeanor changed as soon as this love came into my life. And it was a little smidgen of love. It was a, a little start of something, but it changed my whole way of doing things. And God's love and believing in God's love is the same. It needs to change us. If you don't feel the change, you have to start asking God. Not, God, I want more of your love because that's what we do. Lord, I want to experience more of your love. It's wonderful if you ask that. But if you specify and say, Lord, give me the ability to believe and have faith and hope in that love. Because that love is there. It's already there. He has given it by sending his son. You, he, he cannot love you more because he's already loving you as much as anything in the world can love you. So the idea is not asking for more love. It's asking to believe and hope and understand this love that he has already given us. So that it may change your life. And that's what happened. It changed my life because I married that lady. It was a struggle in the first time. She did not want, I didn't, she didn't feel this, well, it, it was a struggle. But this understanding and this believing in the love and Afrikaans verlief, so in love is probably more than that. But anyways, this inspired me, this drove me to pursue the origin of it. And this is what God is doing with us. He's calling us to believe in love and what will happen because of this love. And then to pursue the origin of this love. Because the only way you will be able to do what you have to do is moving closer to God. Believing. The only way that you'll experience more of God's love is you to move closer to God. Because what's He really loving you stick in? So we have to start changing it. Now, there's a story I want to end off with. There was this farmer who just, start off, just finished his studies. And then he went to this wonderful farm with this big river and a fountain that was on his farm. So this fountain had this wonderful water streaming out. And then you had this river flowing through his farm. Everything was green and good. But... A few months later, he saw his wild of his, his animals getting sick. And he looked at the food they were eating. It was fine. There wasn't anything strange or sickness that came from anywhere else. But then he realized when he tasted the water that the animals were drinking, there were certain bacteria in it. So they couldn't drink the water anymore. So now he started to make plans. To think, oh, where can I get clean water? Because the river's water is dirty. The fountain's water is dirty. He stopped believing in the provision of the river. Now, what happened was, he went to a very old farmer who was there his whole life, and he said, listen, is it possible that I can use some of your water? I want to use this wonderful, clear drinking water that you give your, your wildlife. Livestock, donkey, is your livestock, and I want to use it for myself. And this older farmer said, whoa, 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 wait. Now, just ad break, we do this a lot with faith. Sometimes we start off good believing, then it gets dirty, 
things it's not this nice. So we go to someone else and say, listen, can we have some of your faith? Can you inspire me a little? So the farmer says, it's going to cost too much money, be too difficult, and it's not going to work, but why is your water dirty? It comes from a fountain. So he doesn't know. It's just how it is. So what the old farmer said, listen, um, this may help you. What I want you to do is I go pitch your tent close to your fountain for a day and just be there. And I guess, why would I do this? It's pitching a tent at a fountain wouldn't clean up the water. I need to make some plants. So he just said, do it. And this guy went and did it. And he saw that a lot of wildlife this time, real wildlife, what they did is they drank at the water and they ran through the water and they played in the water. And then because of this, there was also the, if you drink too much water, you need to, if you eat too much food, you need to. So wildlife, they didn't care. So they did their business in, in that fresh water that was coming out of the fountain. And he saw the amounts of wildlife that contaminated this water coming from the fountain, influenced his animals further on. So what he did was he made a, a nice crypt for the, for the wild animals, and he fenced off the fountain. He fenced off the origin, and he saw how his river became clean again. He started trusting in that fountain again. Now, this faith you have been given, this fountain you have been given, this ability of your, you to believe in love, hope, forgiveness, that you are rescued, that you are chosen, is constantly under attacked, attack to be contaminated. It's constantly in a place where the world is saying, listen, I look like a friend, I talk like a friend, I look like something good, I'm just going to make the water a little bit dirty. So much that you will stop trusting in this fountain. You'll stop trusting in the gift that God has given you. This is a place where we need to say that, listen, we believe that this comes from God, and whatever comes from God is good all the time. And if we hold on to that, and we start seeing little dirty things coming up in our fountain or in our river, we know we can do something because God has called us to do, because God has given us the strength to do. So you then ask yourself practically, what are the things that's in my life that sometimes stop me from believing I am saved. The things that you think, I am, I've done too much of this, or I've done this bad thing. Where you start doubting in the fact that you are saved. Where is it that you maybe start doubting in your forgiveness? Where you start doubting in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ? Because we do it a lot. I've done this thing, and I understand that the Bible says this, but I am not believing in it. How can God forgive me if I... Where have you maybe stopped trusting in the healing of God? This can be physical healing, but also spiritual, emotional healing. Where have I stopped believing that I am chosen for a time like this? Where have I stopped believing that I am loved? And it's time for you to go to that stream, to go to that fountain, to stand in front of it and say, what are the things contaminating it? And why am I allowing it to do that? Because life in your journey is like a ship moving in the ocean. And as you know, a ship is controlled by this proportionately smaller thing that moves at the rear. So if you turn that wheel, something small 
shifts this whole ship. And for too long and too many times we have allowed these small things to move our ship. We have allowed these small things to contaminate our river. You've allowed small things to get into your life and stop you trusting in the faith that God has given you. So this is the challenge. This week, as you're reading through the, the scripture or the reading plan, constantly ask yourself, ask God, Lord, help me to understand how to believe more in my forgiveness, to believe more that I am loved, to believe more that I am chosen. Start to ask God for having more faith in that which he has given you. Because he has given it in accordance so that you can do a job. You can do his will. For he's in heaven. His name needs to be hallowed. But after we pray this in the our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, how can I start clearing up this fountain, this faith you have given me so that I can stand and do your will? So that your kingdom can come. How can I stop being controlled by the outside forces? How can I stop doubting in myself? How can I stand up full with the power of Christ? Full of faith. As the, as the Bible says, like a tree standing by water. Deeply rooted in that river. That when the wind comes, when all the stories and all the nonsense of the world comes, we will stand strong in faith. Because we know this is something that God has given us. A gift it doesn't matter what happens in my life or how I look on my good days and my bad days. The gift stays the same. And hold on to that. 